new drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale on your next project, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver and Parker. It's an intimate buying experience, it's kind of like a concierge service where everybody just treats you so well. Uh, I've had a chance to work with them, and man, I was so impressed. So, whether you are looking for a foreign car, domestic car, luxury ride, go to their website, see what they have. They've got the inventory. They also service all makes and models as well, and they have great finance options. I think they work with like 20 different lenders, so they're going to find you the best deal on what you want. Go for a test drive today, either in Denver or Parker, or find them online at rmurosport.com. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay. Uh, let's see. ESPN's Bill Barnwell ranked all of the offensive skill position groups, not including quarterback. We're talking about running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Ranked the Broncos 14th. Moved up three spots from last season. This is what Barnwell wrote. Like everyone, I expect the raw numbers for Denver's offensive threats to rise dramatically after it swapped out quarterbacks, picking up Russell Wilson. Judy, Sutton, Patrick, Okawebenam, and even the injured deep threat K.J. Hamler have the potential to post spike weeks throughout the season. Their numbers should all improve this year. Second year back, Javante Williams could be the 2022 version of Jonathan Taylor, and that is lofty praise. The Broncos could legitimately rank number one in these rankings next year if everyone lives up to the expectations. Fourth, two, go ahead. Two thoughts. Number one is as if editors at ESPN got everybody in a room going into the offseason and said, we got to write a whole bunch of stories rating NFL teams in different areas. And, and it's, it's been good food for thought and discussion. Oh, they, they come out with this every year. It's, it's, I mean, the one thing I've learned about radio is lazy radio is rank it radio. Yeah. Right. I call it list radio. And that's what it is. List radio one through five. And sometimes we do that stuff because those are really conversations that happen in a bar with two guys sitting on bar stools. Who's the greatest quarterback of all time. Who's the greatest this, who's the greatest that who's the second best baseball player behind Willie Mays. <laughs> Please. You, you know, you know where I'm going with that. Yeah. Right? But to me in, 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 uh, because Jeremy Fowler did it earlier, Bill Barnwell's, I think the mouth-dropping statement there is the last sentence, that they could legitimately rank number one in these ratings next year if everyone lives up to expectations. That is a lofty goal to shoot for, obviously. Sure is. I think I also think it's very, very, very unrealistic. And uh, I, I'm not going to say I don't think the Broncos will be moving up considerably in the rankings. I think they will. I think they will move up considerably in those rankings but I can't see them being number one next year. Well, let's look at how the Broncos improved with Peyton Manning. Now, I understand Russell Wilson is not. You mean right away, uh, Manning struggled early, of course. Right, in the first five games, but then things took off for the rest of 2012. 
obviously 2013, and then for the first half of 2014. But Demarius Thomas never did a, a lot, and neither did Decker with Orton or Tebow. So I think a lot of people are expecting the same thing. Jerry Judy has a lot of untapped potential. And I'll tell you this. Um, if he remains healthy, if he stays healthy, and he does not have a really good season, I think you have to take a step back and say, man, that was arguably the greatest draft class of wide receivers in NFL history. And maybe they picked the wrong guy. Yeah. Now, we know the guy picked ahead of him is sitting in prison, and that's Henry Ruggs. Mm -hmm. So clearly, it was a wise decision not to pick up Ruggs. Uh, although, if we're being completely honest, I don't think what happens in Vegas happens in Denver if he plays for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Just the way things would probably line up with Jupiter aligning with Mars. But there were a lot of really good wide receivers in that class. Um, I mean, I look at Jerry Judy, and I say this with all due respect to Demarius Thomas. I think that Jerry Judy has very similar skills to a Demarius Thomas. And that's similar, but I, I don't want to you know. I, let me take that back. Not similar skills, but both have a world of talent athletically. How's that? Well, and I also think if you're looking at, it, at ways this team could shoot up to the top five or number one in these kind of rankings, I think the other guy who's who's really has that who really has the potential to be influential in that is is KJ Hamler. If he's again, stay if he healthy. Stays well, for, for a couple of reasons. One, he's a he, game breaker. Right. He blows the top off the defense, as they say in football. And he has that type of speed. And no one would probably benefit more. I, I don't think anybody would benefit more from Russell Wilson than KJ Hamler. Mm -hmm. Because Russell Wilson likes the deep ball. I, I'm not going to predict if he stays healthy all year that KJ Hamler scores 10 touchdowns. However, he will have some long touchdowns for sure. And by the way, I'm not going to sit and defend Jerry Judy with what I'm about to say. You know how people say he only had, he didn't have any touchdowns last year? He was only targeting the end zone three times all last mm -hmm. year. Now, granted, you can make the case he could have caught a pass and broke it, but he's only targeted in the end zone three times. Well, Cortland Sutton only had two. He, but he's a proven player. He he's a he's a he is a proven player because he has made a Pro Bowl. Mm -hmm. He had a twelve hundred yard season. I know that you're high on Tim Patrick. I like Tim Actually, Patrick a yeah, lot, yes. but to me, he's more of a possession receiver than anything else. I think he's their best receiver now. What's that? I think he's their best receiver right now. Right now. No, Sutton, Sutton's better than him, especially a year removed from his. Uh, from his surgery. Mm -hmm. I think he's the best receiver. Uh, but, it, but it's also good that we consider and actually have a credible debate over which one's better. Right. Which means they have two pretty good receivers right. there. Plus two who are capable of breaking the game open. They have four guys that do four different things. You have Patrick, who's more of a possession guy. You have Judy, who runs great routes and is always open. Cortland Sutton doesn't have blazing speed, but he's fast enough. And his jump ball skills are fantastic. And then you have KJ Hamler could blow the top off the defense. So basically what Russell Wilson has is a Swiss army knife filled with different tools that he can work with depending on the play. And including the tight ends who are two different guys. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, neither one are going to be known for their blocking, although Dulcich tried to convince us <laughs> at one of his press conferences that he's a really good blocker. I think every scout 
uh, would disagree, but I hope he's right. But he also said he knows he needs to get better at it. Right. And that was the good part. But he did say he felt he was a really good blocker. He said that. Yes. And I was like, Greg, please, let's wait to see what happens on this level because no one really considers you a great blocker at UCLA. It was just as if he was reading his own scouting report. Right. And injecting his, yeah. his own right. thoughts. I think the line that sticks out to me more so than anything else is that Williams can be this year's version of Jonathan Taylor. I don't think he's going to get the carries, and that's the problem. He's not going to put up those numbers because he's not going to get the carries. You you think it's a problem if he gets too many carries, though? I don't want him to have Jonathan Taylor carries. No, I don't. I pretty much do in the sense that I think he should be in the high 200s. Oh, well, being in the high 200s. Taylor's in the 300s, I know. 332. Yeah. I don't want a guy running the ball 332 times. Actually, I do if a guy shows me that he's capable of holding up under it. And I I realize that it only takes one hit to undo that premise. Right. And and the one thing you and I have talked about this, but Javante Williams is quite capable of creating contact himself without, quote, being tackled. They're built the same way. Both are 510. Both are about 225. They're built the exact same way. I just don't want that type of pounding on Williams. I don't have a problem with him rushing 270 times. I don't want him to be above 300. I just don't. I think 65-35 in terms of splitting the carries, I think I think that would be good because I want to see Javante Williams more. But I don't want to see him carry the ball you know, 332 times. I'll, I'll just look it up for the sport of it. Um, who was for lack of a better phrase, who was the second leading rusher and how many carries they had. So Jonathan Taylor led them with 330 here. Let's put this in perspective. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had 332 carries. Naheem Hines, or Naheem Hines was second with 56 carries. Of course. Do you want that with Melvin Gordon? Do you want that kind of discrepancy? No, I'd want him to have about 100 carries. Just 100? Yeah. That would give you, you would have fewer carries than last year too. Carson Wentz, by the way, had the second most carries on the Colts last year. Really? No, no. 50, 57 years. Sure, that's not because of somebody departing, or is that last year's stats? No, those are last year's stats. He was he was the second leading attempt guy, is the best way to put it. No, I don't want him to run like Jonathan Taylor. I want him to run like Jonathan Taylor. I don't want him to carry the ball that much. I think there's a lot of potential with these skill position players, but let's look at where these guys were drafted too, right? Mm-hmm. They, they invested a lot. First round pick in Jerry Judy, second round pick in Cortland Sutton, second round pick in KJ Hamler, second round pick in Javante Williams, right? Mm-hmm. They've invested some high draft capital in these guys. And now is the time for them to shine, especially because they have a quarterback. And Oh, by the way, guy, they just traded Noah Fant, first round draft pick. So they really invested in their skill position players. Now is the time for them to really start showing up. How many carries does Mike Boone get? Probably not a lot. He's he's a really good special teams guy, though, so that's fine. He's a good special teams guy. Coming up after the break, Georgia head coach Kirby Smart agreed to a record-breaking deal. If he complains about NAL, (laughs) I'm going to lose my stuff. And when you hear about the salaries in college football compared to NFL coaches, I think you're going to be surprised as well. Also, which job is tougher? Head coach, college, head coach, 
NFL, but I really want to be able to tie this into all this moaning and complaining from coaches about NILs, yet these guys are raking in record hauls. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, what you doing this weekend? My recommendation, head on over to Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. They have live music every Friday and Saturday, no cover. You can hang out on their patio. They have 15 pool tables, which makes it a pool hall. So if you love to play pool, that's absolutely a great place to go. And the happy hour, outrageously good. Best I've ever heard of. Every day, every day, two for one on wine, well, and drafts from three until seven. Again, Every day. Head on over to Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar. Tell my friend Chad, I say hey. And that's it. Head on out to Lakewood. Oh, by the way, we have some uh, breaking news. Nazem Kadri has still not made a decision. Time now for the buzz. Francisco Franco is still dead. Nobody gets that except me. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmurosport.com. And I believe it's Generalissimo Francisco Franco is still dead. Would you like to do uh, the Nazem Kadri story for the hard of hearing? I'll be Garrett Morris. You don't remember that? No, I don't remember that. Oh, that's the best. Oh, but for, 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 no, no, don't, 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 don't. Yeah, ruin it. Don't, okay, don't I remember it. that. Don't ruin it. Don't I, ruin I it. I do remember. Don't it. ruin it. Yes. So you give the news, and I'll do the news for the hard of hearing. Go ahead, General Generalissimo Francisco Franco. Generalissimo Francisco Franco is still dead. Is still dead. That's uh, from a nineteen, I believe, nineteen ninety, nineteen seventy-seven version. Of Saturday Night Live with Chevy Chase doing Weekend Update. Jane, you ignorant slut. I cannot believe you said the word ignorant on air. Can we, we're on delay, right? 15 second delay. Just checking. All right, Georgia head football coach Kirby Smart has agreed to a new 10-year contract that's going to pay him a record. $112.5 million through the 2031 season. Generally speaking... The highest paid coaches in any sport are football coaches. But the top 10 salaries of college football coaches, if you can believe it, average higher than the average of the top 10 NFL coaches. So you can make the case at the highest level, college football coaches are paid more than any other sport. College coaches are, are more indispensable than NFL coaches at this point. And by the way, you you have witnessed me contradict this many, many times, but a sage person once told me, don't defend the inf- indefensible. And so it is it is impossible to defend the college football coaches making that kind of money who in the next breath whine about NIL. Right. 
that's where I'm 100% on your side. Thank you. You're this welcome. This is the first. Mark, hey, uh, Alex, make that a drop where Terry just said he agrees with me about something 100%. Yeah, we got to save that one. That would be a first. And I, I also have told the story several times, but in 1994-95, when I was following Nick Saban around in his, in his year at Michigan State, he was making at Michigan State in 1995, $135,000. $135,000. But he would, he would get a $150,000 bonus in 2000 if, he had, if his players were graduating and, and performing well academically, and they were clean with the NCAA and won two-thirds of their games. But he was, his base salary was 135000 And now Michigan State is paying Mel Tucker $9.5 million. Yes. It's just unfathomable. And I know I can also tell you when my father, and I know some people wince when I mention my father because I bring it up a lot, but the fact of the matter is he was a Pac-8 head coach. He was making $17,600. Well, times are different, though. Yes. And there weren't TV deals. Well, coaches then, they were supposed to make, the goal was to have them make roughly the salary of a tenured history professor because you were an educator. You were considered an educator. But the money wasn't there either. No, it wasn't. No, it's the TV deals that allow these coaches to get paid. And if we're being completely honest about this, um, colleges with their football team only have to pay their coaches. They only have to pay the coaches. Well, they have to come up with the money to pay for the scholarships to the players. Oh, please, please. Please, please, please. They don't have to come up for money for it. They're losing space in dorm rooms, but it's not like... The, the athletic department gets charged for the for the scholarships. Okay, and they can afford it because of all their money they're making through television. But it, it's a falsehood. You say they just throw them in there and they don't have to worry about where the money comes from. Well, I think you're getting off pretty good um, paying each player maybe $50,000 a year, if we're really being honest, right? If that's what they're... If that's what... That's the what way scholarship you, that's is. That's you tabulate a scholarship. Well, that's what it would be, wouldn't it? Well, it depends what school you're at. Okay, Colorado. It's different at New Mexico State than at Stanford. In-state Colorado is $33,000. So each player at C, and, and that includes room and board. So they're paying each player $33,000. They're getting off pretty good, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they can put all their money into the head coaches if they want to. And they choose to. And oh, by the way, it's not like for the head coaches, that's, that's their only source of income with all their endorsements and everything else that goes with that and the free car that they get. <laughs> Nick Saban's insurance commercial. Right. So um, what do you think is a more difficult job, college coaching or professional? Coaching? I think you're more directly in control of your own fate as a college football coach. Now, when you're a pro football coach, sometimes you're at the mercy of the organization, the ownership, right. and everything else. I think you. that's why college coaches are making so much money in some cases is because of their – Singular impact, singular and unique impact. Well, I think, and I also I will say this: uh, Steve Adazio did a lot of stupid things at Colorado, Colorado State and Boston College. But I also remember him saying at the at the fun kickoff function last year, we were talking about NIL and everything else involved. It was a very informal conversation with a group of writers and Steve Adazio, and he said, "You know, if I were getting started now, I probably would try to get go directly to pro football." Because you in pro football, at least you all, you know it's on the table. The money, where the money comes from, where it goes, uh, and now with NIL and everything else, he didn't get into the deep deep uh, discussion of of who's who can now can cheat 
on NIL because you were you were supposed to not be able to use NIL by saying saying hey we have a car dealer who will guarantee you a hundred thousand dollars in revenue from signing autographs as a car dealer you weren't supposed to be able to do that in NIL right I think the one big advantage NFL coaches don't have is they don't have to go out on the recruiting trail. Yes. Well, yes, that's How, true. However, however, they also get to boss around these kids. When you're an NFL coach, you better treat these guys like yeah. men or they will revolt. I, I will disagree with that in the sense that I think uh, the, the genuinely effective college coaches are capable of showing their players they care to. Sure. And that's one of the reasons players come there. They also understand and they also expect to be treated. Uh, and I'm not saying that every football coach is a, is a paragon of virtue about this. He's not. But I also think you can, you can infl- it is absolutely true, and I've heard the Nick Saban speech about this, you can affect young men's lives. Yep. And, and to dodge that point and say, well, that's just a bunch of sappy crap. I agree with Coaches you. don't care. That's just wrong. Yeah, so thanks. Um, I I really believe that in college football coach, a college football coach can have an impact on a young man's life. I'll, I'll tell you what I do find interesting is that if you asked a casual sports fan, name all the head coaches in the NFL, and then you said, name the college head football coaches at the top 20 programs in the country, you'd have a better chance of them knowing the top coaches at the top 20 programs. In college. Because they are the university. Yes. I mean, they're the highest paid guy. Yeah. They're the highest paid guy for starters. They're the highest paid guy in the state. I'm sure a lot of people know this, but if you don't, uh, you get paid by the state. You, your head football coach, generally speaking, is your highest paid state employee. Yes, that is true. Anything you want to add? No, it's true. And uh, they should be held to a higher standard because of that. And sometimes they aren't. Would you rather be a head coach in pros? Oh, or- I'd, I'd much, much, much rather be a, a head coach in college. That's What did your dad like better? He was an assistant coach in the pros, so he was able to replicate his relationships with his guys, right. his offensive linemen. Right. And so that's, he would, he, I don't think he would have enjoyed being a pro head coach. He liked being with his guys, his offensive linemen. And it, he got eaten up a little bit as a head coach at Oregon because he cared too much about his players. And I'm sorry if that sounds self-serving, if that sounds the idealistic words of a son. I've had enough players tell me that. And he he would get a, eaten up a little bit by caring too much. Well, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how well you treat your players. It matters if you win or lose. That's just the, that's just the nature of the business, right? Well, as I said, the, the first time you ever hear a university president or athletic director stand up there and say, we knew Coach Smith was doing it right, but he's not winning enough games. They don't say that. No, but the the two can be true. The two can be true. They just say, they just say the program was not making enough progress, or they don't d- reduce it to winning enough games. I realize that's basically what they're saying, but for the most part, they just say, they just say, well, well he's doing it right, and that's wonderful, but but there's a big right coming up after the break. Could Denver have another professional football team? We'll know on Sunday, and we'll explain why next. Well, you can tell everybody. 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. SmileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Pinnacle Builders, the best in home remodeling. Go to PinnacleDen.com. Okay, on Sunday, major sports announcement. The XFL is going to announce the eight cities where games are going to be played for the upcoming season in February. Denver had a USFL team way back in the day. Would you like to see them get an XFL team? Sure, why not? A bit more competition, the merrier. Uh, let the marketplace be the judge. I don't know how it would go over. I don't know what the... They'd have to have realistic financial terms for success because it, it will not do great at the gate. It'd just be a, a fun diversion. It was. It's designed to be affordable tickets and a television property. It's that simple. Yeah, Alex, would you like to see uh, Denver get an XFL team? I would. Would you? I would. They've they've had a arena football, and I like that. I miss that, so I, I would be into the XFL. You're probably an indoor soccer fan too. Not so much indoor soccer, but uh, John Elway and the Crush. That was that was yeah, fun. It, it was, was fun times. I have zero interest in getting an XFL team, but but. That, I, me personally. Yeah, a lot but of what about would. the guy across the street from you who might want to go? Well, the person across the street from me, they have uh, a they have a camper, and um, they they spend a lot of time out of town camping. I think I don't think they really care if you're specifically meeting the person who lives yeah. across the street from me. But with that, um, I, I and I know I'm on my own island on this. But how could it possibly hurt Denver to get an exit? No, it's not going to hurt. I'm just saying that I don't want to have to sit and talk about it and watch the games. Selfishly, I have zero interest. Uh, when I was in Buffalo, uh, we had the Sabres, obviously, and we had the Bills, but then they had the Buffalo Blizzard, they had the Buffalo Bandits, and you know, you you name a niche sport, and they had it. Well, so is it the same is true here in Denver? Over well, the, the years, Mammoth over the years, the Mammoth well, the, for the, sure. The the uh, the Avalanche, the soccer Avalanche. The who? The Colorado Avalanche were a soccer team. Or was it Denver Avalanche or Colorado? Wasn't Avalanche? it the Blizzard? No, th- there was an Avalanche team here. They actually were. I don't know. I'll yes. look it up. Yeah, I just, the, the only thing there was a draw to want to actually go out to practices. And remember, I was doing TV then. So you'd go out to practices and you had to cover it. Tony Miola was the goalie for the Blizzard, indoor soccer. So he's a cool cat. And Gary Gate, who's probably the greatest lacrosse player of all time. That to me was the only draw, but I just never. John Grant Jr. can be right up there too. I'm sure he could be, but Gary Gate. Is is easily one of the best of all time. I'm sure John Grant is fantastic. But we too. tried the USFL. It was the spring league before. Uh, How so did it do? It actually drew in. It, it actually drew okay. It didn't knock down the turnstiles at Mile High Stadium, but it, it did do pretty well. They actually hosted the first USFL championship game, right? Which I've talked about before. Uh, got uh, tear gas while they're trying to save the goalposts. Uh, the USFL, the first USFL. I was actually covering the Stanley Cup Finals when they had their news conference to announce the formation of the USFL at Club 21 in New York. So I took a train in from Long Island to cover it because Denver was going to be one of the teams getting a USFL team. Right. 
Red Miller ended up coaching him. John Ralston coached in the league for Oakland. And as it was laid out, John Ralston was the architect. The USFL was a great idea. A spring league with yep. with a uh, salary cap, and they they couldn't screw it up except uh, an owner in New Jersey screwed it up, screwed yep. it up for everybody. And uh, I don't know what happened to that guy, except he became president of the United States. Yeah, there were a lot of great players that came out of the USFL, and there's some obvious. Steve ones. Young, well, Steve Young, Jim Herschel Kelly, Herschel Walker. He wasn't that great as a pro. Reggie White, I'm talking about Hall of Famers. Yeah. But one guy did not know, and I just watched a documentary on him. And he was a guy that was very lightly recruited, went to a really small school. Nobody wanted to give him a chance. And so he hooked up with the Philadelphia Stars. And now he's getting ready to go into the Hall of Fame. Five foot nine Sam Mills, mm-hmm. who was a body linebacker. He was an absolute terror out there but nobody thought he could play and i think the league was around for three years mm-hmm. philadelphia won two of those championships and sam wills was a huge reason why but football was football was a, there was enough interest in football to have the spring league yeah if they stuck with the spring league and stuck with the salary cap plan instead of throwing around money at quarterbacks like steve young for example right the, the league would have succeeded and they'd still be playing today it might have evolved into a developmental league for the NFL, which is another way to do it. Well, they tried to compete. That's what yeah. they, they they looked at the NFL as competition instead of but where they should have been. Originally, that was not the plan, though. Originally, it was going to be fill a void in in the spring, uh, fill a void for affordable tickets, fun football, good football players, but not great, and and have the salaries under control. It would have worked. It would have worked. But then you wouldn't have had, had, they had Jim they Kelly had, or Steve Young. Yeah, and then they had a couple of ownerships that uh, it wasn't just it wasn't just the one in New Jersey. It was several. Oh yeah, that, that got uh, stars in their eyes about competing with the competing with the uh, NFL. Right. All right. What do we have coming up on? Just in case you missed it, uh, we will talk about the racehorse McKinnon, as well as the Warriors taking home uh, the best team award last night at the ESPYS, and if we can get to it, Charles Barkley and Live Golf. That's next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman and Fry. Watch us, smileisports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, Go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Ah. 
Just In Case You Missed It is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just In Case You Missed It, the racehorse McKinnon is set to kick off uh, tomorrow, opening day at Del Mar. I believe this is Eric Johnson's horse. Uh, did you guys hear about this? And if you did, what are your thoughts? If you're wondering why Eric Johnson needs to keep playing to get $6 million a year instead of considering retiring on top, the, exp- the horse racing business is very, very expensive. One of his horses, McKinnon, is the son of American Pharaoh, the 2015 Triple Crown winner. He was a legitimate threat to be in the Kentucky Derby last year when they decided he was a better on running on grass than dirt but he'll be the favorite five to two favorite in the feature race on the first day at del mar the prestigious track out in san diego and eric johnson's also had horses named landeskog and rantanen and he is usually in partnership with trainer doug o'neill and blood stock agent dennis o'neill his uh, 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 o'neill's brother doug's brother so uh, that's the interest in uh, i think he's gonna next we'll see a horse named mccarr Mandy owns three horses, and you don't have to tell me how expensive they are. So I get it. Grass specialist or dirt specialist? Jumpers. They're not. Oh, okay. They're jumpers. She has a uh, she she has a horse that was bothered, if that's what you want to call it, by a grand champion. Mm-hmm. And this this horse is really special. Oh, neat. Really special. And she jumps that horse all the time. So we'll but see. she's been riding her whole life. So we'll see how uh, McKinnon does tomorrow. Yeah. The Golden State Warriors last night took home the best team award at the ESPYs. They have won four of the last eight NBA Finals. So were they deserving of this award, or was it because Stephen Curry was hosting, among other things? Well, who wait, who else was up for it? Um, I bl- I'm not sure who was all up for it. It's just the best overall team in the past calendar year. Right, but I'm saying who, who was the competition? I would have looked at the Rams real hard there. Uh, let's see. SB Awards, best team. Um, I don't know who the. Um, I probably would have gone with the Rams too. I would have gone with the Warriors, but it's a fan vote. Yeah, and if, if you let them sneak over into this calendar year, that'd be the other issue. Since it was the 2021 season for the Rams. Um, I mean, listen, um, they were a great team. I mean, it's hard to argue against a champion, right? Oh, I mean, it, it really is. So. I don't know who else was up for. I think Jokic was up. Was Jokic up for Player of the Year? If but he was, he he did not win it. He, he did not, not win. Do you know who won last it? Night. Um, I, I'm not sure. I know the Warriors took home a lot of the awards. Clay Thompson won Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah, I mean, as you, as you might imagine, I didn't watch the ESPYS last night. I'm sorry to say that I missed it. Um, I, I do know, I do know that um, there were a bunch of female players. Uh, like Katie Ledecky? Yeah, she won the best women's athlete, and Shohei Otani won the best men's athlete. Yeah. Uh, Ledecky, by the way, they mispronounced her name, which is unbelievable that they mispronounced her name. That should just tell you how much certain people care about female sports. That Megan Rapone, that's how you pronounce her name? Rapino. Rapino. Yeah. See, even I got it wrong. They got it wrong, too. Jeez. But, but I'm not in front of millions of people. They got her name wrong, too. So, I don't know. Otani should have won it, don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I love Jokic, but how how do you vote against the guy who pitches and hits at a pretty high level? Yeah, I think he was the time sports person of the year as well. What? I didn't know that. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, for 2021. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, just in case you missed it, Charles Barkley has acknowledged meeting with Live Golf CEO Greg Norman about a possible broadcasting role while pushing back at what he called a selective outrage toward the Saudi-funded series. Um, how does this affect his role with TNT? Can he do both? Or will be there be too much uh, blowback? I'm just stunned that he's taking that position. Uh, I understand about the selective sensitivity. I guess I can understand the point, but I don't think it's a very pragmatic position for him to take. I think for him to say this, for as outspoken as he is, for a guy who believes in all kinds of, he's a very, very outspoken guy. And I side with him on a lot of things that he says. And he can be offensive at times, and he can be abrasive. I, I don't understand how you can look at what the Saudi government has done and even possibly defend it unless you are getting ready to uh, take their money. And then you'll defend them, I'm sure. Uh, the Cleveland Browns today have signed at quarterback Josh Rosen, Les's old guy, to oh, yeah. a one-year deal. Um, he was the 10th pick in the 2018 draft, last played for the Atlanta Falcons in 2021. Uh, who do you think starts the year at quarterback for the Browns? Is it Jacoby Brissett? Is it Rosen? Or is it Deshaun Watson? Well, it's not, I don't think it's going to be Watson, and I don't think it's going to be Rosen. So I guess by process of elimination, I'll go with Jacoby Brissett. That, that's the only choice you can, choice you can make. Did you ever have a hit, um, one you missed on that less could hold over you? Yeah, Josh Allen. Uh-huh. The yeah, other way but, around. But Les had a man crush on Josh Rosen. Loved him. And I kept saying to him, I, I've talked to people who are very familiar with what goes on inside the UCLA program, and he was absolutely despised. I'm like, he's going to wind up bringing that attitude to the NFL. Now, granted, his career did not get off to a great start when he gets drafted, I believe, in the top 10, or at least in the top 15, by the Cardinals. And then the next year, they take Kyler Murray. Right? So right. he never really got a chance in Arizona. I don't know the reasons why he has bounced around. And he certainly has a lot of arm talent. But I think his his personality, I, I don't know if that really helps him a whole lot. Uh, in 2021, the, the top NFL teams by season ticket revenue. Number one was the Las Vegas Raiders. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers. Three, New England Patriots. Four, L.A. Rams. And five, the New York Giants. Um, does this list uh, surprise you at all? It's, no, no it's season tickets, right? Season ticket revenue. So it's it can be super box tickets, too. In, or it can be yeah, it can be sweets. But so, who, who are the teams again? Uh, so the Raiders were one. Yep. The Niners were two. Patriots, three. L.A. Rams four and the New York football Giants five. Well, this is what I find interesting about that. The Giants have the largest stadium in the NFL, right? The Raiders have one of the smallest. I think at like 65,000. The Rams at SoFi Stadium, that's 70,000 people. So at least it's kind of all over the place. But I'm guessing in New York, and if you think about this logically, give me, give me those uh, teams again. Wait, it, it was the Raiders, Raiders the Rams, Rams, Patriot, LA, or uh, yeah, Patriots, Forty Niners, and the Giants. So you are looking at outside of outside of Las Vegas, where there is a ton of corporate money, right, from all the casinos. L.A. number two television market, San Francisco number four. 
Who were the other two uh, cities? What were the other two cities? Uh, did you you got the Patriots? Um, Boston the, yeah. is no, is about number six or seven, and what's mm-hmm. the other one? The Rams. Well, L.A., Boston, San Francisco, Vegas, Las Vegas, and what was the other one? And New York, New York Giants, yeah. And New York is number one. So you have what four of the top six television markets. And I can also see a concierge in the, involved with season ticket holders each one of those places. What do you mean by that? Oh, just that they're taken care of. It's it's beyond you just get your tickets. That the teams find ways to take care of you virtually every way. Yeah. I mean, you have there are a lot of there are a lot of fringe benefits. The bigger the city, generally speaking, the bigger the big business is in that city, if that makes sense. And it's those big businesses that are willing to pay for those suites to entertain themselves or to entertain their clients. So that doesn't surprise me one bit because of those cities. And then with Vegas, with all that gambling money, they're willing to spend pretty much anything after a good day at the crap table. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, I want to tell you about Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Westford voted the best liquor store in Denver, and they've done that five years running. So, listen, if you work in the city and you live in the suburbs, stop by Argonaut off of Colfax and see what I'm talking about. I shopped there for years and years when I lived in the city. And even when I'm in the city, I'm always going to stop by there. They always have great deals. And right now, if you love wine, All month long, they've had specials on wine. 750 milliliter domestic wines. All the rest of this week and next week are 15% off. Don't forget, Argonaut delivers to the entire Denver metro area, and every delivery over 100 bucks is free. Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Find them off of Colfax or go to ArgonautLiquor.com. That's going to do it for us. Nolan, great job today. Same with you, Alex. Terry, you were fantastic with your pages and pages of notes. You came very prepared. Thank you. I'll try and do better tomorrow. Make it the best possible night you can.